and welcome to episode 26 of series three of Cherry Jam. Uh, we've got uh, a, a slightly different format this week, um, but at the moment it's myself, Ed Price, James Eastwood or Snowy and Russ Brooks. Um, let, let's let's start with uh, the, the best bit of the weekend, really. Um, Gloucester put in a, a fantastic performance to beat Newcastle away with a bonus point. Um, a, a, a fixture notoriously we've struggled away at um, and that was a, it was a, a really pleasing performance all, all, all round. We also had the uh, a few really good results go for us more generally um, across the league. Uh, so we're now only one point behind second place. So um, that was excellent. We've also got a couple of other things we're going to just touch on as well. Uh, firstly, we're going to we're going to talk about the um, the Exeter rebrand. Only a little bit about that. Five minutes. Just interesting thing. Um, we'll talk about which major league rugby team we need to follow. Um, it starts, the, the season starts next week. It's the third season of major league rugby and I'm all on board for getting a road trip sorted in about three or four years time. So, um, let's, uh, let's get on the bandwagon now. Uh, and talking about bandwagons, um, there was an issue earlier in the week relating to social media bandwagoning and, um, why it's important and slightly, anyway, it's very important for, not just rugby, but pretty much everyone. So just take a pause when looking at social media um, because, um, yeah, there were unfortunate, an unfortunate incident. Um, right, we'll start off with the game. Uh, Snowy, I'll start with you. Um, with the Newcastle game at the weekend, I, I thought, overall, a, a really, really great performance. Um, I'll let you go for the negatives. Go on, mate, because I think there were some minor negatives. Yeah, um, I don't know why you've given me the negatives. It makes me sound like I'm the cynic. Um, <laughs> because I, I thought it was nearly all positives. Probably the only negative I'd really pull out is um, our penalty count in the first 20 minutes well, was really bad. It was penalty after penalty after penalty. That said, different refs interpret the game in different ways. And mm. I thought the ref was very pernickety early on. Um yeah. And the, the TMO was given advice the whole time, even for things like you know, knock-on, slight offsides and stuff, where some TMOs don't get involved unless it's more of a serious incident. So I think if you look over the course of the game, that we stopped those penalties. So I think we actually reacted to the way the referee was ref, ref in the game, which is a positive. So I've turned a negative into a positive. Um, yeah. but, but overall, uh, when you go away to Newcastle, especially on a, a bad weather day, which is mm. a lot of the time when you go up to Newcastle, it is not an easy place to go and play. Um, and they know how to play bad conditions. And I thought, I was a bit concerned at the end of the first half that we didn't have enough on the board considering yeah. we had the wind behind us. Um, there were a few opportunities where where we didn't make the most of it. But the second half, I thought we, we were superb. And the, the fact that they had the wind behind them, they did get a bit of momentum for peers of the game. But I, our defence was excellent. I thought it's the most I've seen us actually, even though the conditions were bad, it's the most we've moved the ball about. Mm. Um, I think Chapman obviously offers a lot there to just keep the flow of the game going, keep the ball moving. Um, and we scored in a few different ways, which was really nice. You know, Moore was still effective, but Sale weren't horrendous at defending it. It wasn't, it wasn't kicked to the corner and we're going to score every time. Um, and the one more, we actually didn't even attempt it. We we just played straight off um, yeah. the top, a bit of a fake setup and play. Um, so it looks like we're adding a bit more variety to the game as well. So I don't think you can ask for much more when you go away to Newcastle. 
No. Um, I'll come on to a few points in a second on that snow, but Russ, anything you want to add or you want to just go in a slightly, slightly different direction on, on, on the game and, and, and what you thought were, what your thoughts were? I, I've been thinking about this one because I think snow has touched on a lot of what, what I was going to think say about it. For me, I know how impressive the Sarri's win was, but for me, I think this is our best away performance of the season. Mm. And my reasoning behind that is, like as I touched on before, this had banana skin written all over it, this game yeah. for me. And then you add in that delay to the kickoff and that had classic Gloucester, we're going to blow this game. I just had that horrible feeling before the game where you're like, as soon as they delayed it, I was like, God, I, I, I was really impressed by that um, ability to just stay in the right mindset. It was a bit worrying at the start, like Snow said, to give away some really daft penalties, but I thought we rode it well. I was admittedly a bit nervous at the half because I thought we might not have built enough of lead, but we played brilliantly in the second half. And the the, the main one for me, back to more humble pie eating, was in the past, I've been the one who's been like, oh, we don't build enough phases. We're not patient enough. We don't create... It, it was there for me last night. And I think you can start to see that evolution in the gameplay a bit more that we opened it up when we needed to. Um, the more felt like it kicked on to another level as well. Because there's that one where I thought Newcastle did well to stop it. And we just reloaded it and drove on so brilliantly. It just There were lots of good signs there for me in terms of how our game keeps um, developing even better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the, the there's a couple of points you've raised, Snowy, and, and I think you've kind of added to there. So I'll, I'll just sort of summarise my thoughts as well on this. Um, the, the points about the penalties in the first 20, 20 minutes, really, um, I think it was, and I, I have to be honest, I don't think it was even just against Gloucester. I think it was generally, more generally. I thought the ref was very, very whistle happy, as Snowy kind of mentioned. And it was difficult. You could tell both sides were struggling to get a grip of, um, of, uh, of what his decisions were going to be. One thing we did very quickly, though, in the second half of the first half was we stopped competing at the Rucks. And as soon as we stopped competing yeah. at the rucks or we didn't compete in the same way that we were, you know, we weren't loading two, three into the ruck. We weren't going double tackles. It meant that we were cutting down on that opportunity to be trapped and then to give a penalty away, which I think Geordie Reed got done two or three times on just that alone. Um, the other thing you mentioned, Russ, perfect example of where we are. We, we've, I don't even think it's humble pie. I think it's, it's stuff we were identifying last season and early part of this season. And, you know, the, we're not, I'm not, I don't think we, we would ever take any credit for this. I'm just saying that we were, I, we saw issues and we were identifying issues. And one of those issues were, was that we struggled to build phase play. So after three or four phases, we'd either panic or drop it or kick it. And I think as Snowy mentioned there, that probably the conditions in a way meant that we didn't kick it as much because it was a bit of a lottery with the, with the wind you didn't necessarily know if a kick, a good kick could turn into a bad kick, a bad kick could turn into a good kick, and you had no real way of knowing which was going to be which. Um, but I think the two two of the tries, the three tries we scored in the first half came after seven or eight phases, which, you know, hasn't we haven't done a huge amount of this this season. And it was really patient. We we moved the ball um clever there was lovely little inside lines, there was quite a lot of variety off the back of off the back of Hastings and 12 trees. Um, so massive positives there. And, you know, when you're coming up against a side like Newcastle who don't score much, don't score many tries, 
um, you know, if you can cut down the penalty count, you keep them the, te- the ball in their territory, which is what we did brilliantly in the first half. And then again, in the second half, considering the win was against us, um, I, I thought just overall it was fantastic. It really was. And then we'll come on to probably the try of the season at the moment. Uh, I know we're biased, but re-summit for, tr- for, um, for his try, uh, despite some people on Twitter saying it was just pure gas. Uh, the step... Yeah. Just, the, just the, pure gas. The, pure gas. The step in, the step outside when he's broken through. You watch it. Honestly, he's jogging. It wasn't even pure gas, was it? It, it wasn't. Even, no, he, he wasn't he'd, be, he'd, he'd scored as soon as he made that. As soon as step. he backed himself. I yeah. think Austin Healy sums it up really well. What's impressive about it is he doesn't run onto it and just think I'm going all out. He looks, checks his options, and realizes well the best person to score this try is me. Yeah. So because you can see he's looking to go back inside with pop first, isn't he? And then he suddenly realizes mm. there's all the space, and actually, well, I'm the quickest one here. Off I go. Well, and, I just yeah, I, exactly. And I, it is if you do get a chance to look at the try in a bit more detail, do keep an eye on Charlie Chapman, who is fair play to him. He's keeping up with him until he's definitely not keeping up with him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Charlie I, Chapman I think, is on his shoulder, and it yeah, it's, it's just a lovely little thing. I think a big positive as well is that there's quite a lot of consistency in the team now. Like we know what our best team looks like, mm. but, but the fringe players have also had good game time. So it feels like there's quite a few swaps you can do without it massively impacting the team. And I think, sorry, I think, sorry. Well, yeah. When we looked last year, there was a few times where whenever we did try and play it, there wasn't any support or the, the ruck light wasn't properly sort of populated and we'd turn the ball over. And that's why I think we got, we ended up kicking it away all the time because we just didn't trust that we were going to hold the ball and, and create opportunities. Yeah. And that seems to have come now. And I think a lot of that has come for, off the confidence that we've had from them all as that's then spread wider. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, pack yeah. dominance is, pack dominance is huge. And, um, you know, a lot, again, you know, a lot of credit has got to go to uh, George Givington, Trevor Woodman, um, the way that they've set the pack up now, um, you know, we'll again, even when we're being challenged by teams in the mall, we because because when even even when it's not powering over the line, and it never would do, you're never going to get that consistently across the season. We're still going forward with the ball. We're still making. Yeah. We're still drawing players in, and because the mall is such a weapon that if you don't defend it properly, we're going to score. But even then, you're going to draw players. You're going to suck players just that extra yard in towards the mall because you think, oh, there might be a break off. They're creating well, that, space out wide. It's you know, it's it's so important that, that pack dominance. <laughs> Fawley's try was classic for that, Ed, wasn't it? Where it was yeah. a more first. And then, I mean, it's brilliant play. I think there's a great pass out. I think 12, trees, 12, 12 trees to Carreras is an absolute superb pass. And then Carreras does brilliantly as well because he holds the line, fixes mm. his man. He gives the outside man no choice but to come in. It's a brilliant bit of play and then a great pop. And that's what yeah. we were lacking. I think the other things that impressed me, I thought everyone who came on made a difference off the bench. Our bench feels quite good at the moment where it comes on. Like, I mean, we talked well, about Rizam yeah. Highlight, the I re- think it's important to highlight, highlight one player in particular in five minutes. What was it, in three minutes or five Rock minutes? Sev, we've got to say I've got five tackles in three minutes. <laughs> I mean, like, it's literally tackle, get off the floor, tackle, get off the floor, tackle, isn't it? It's like jackal mm. practice. I think the biggest, most impressive stat for me, and the one where you can see the coaches have clearly worked on something, was at the end of the game, they showed our away record since the Premiership started. Our yeah. best record was obviously 2018, 2019, and I think it was like, 
26 points away from home after 11 games. We've equaled that with six games. So we've got five games to go. So you can't even say this is a classic Gloucester where we're at the top of the league because of our home form. Our away form is really just kicked on and I mean that's a credit to the coaches in themselves and I think that's what impressed me about this game all the way up to Newcastle and a delayed kickoff still putting a result it it, you know it bodes well doesn't it it does and I think we're now we've all gone from being naysayers to just trying to tow our expectations down a little bit almost because with the way the fixtures are looking we could be in a really good position yeah well I'll just move on quickly now to the to the other games this weekend so massive uh, results for Gloucester pretty much across the board. Bath um, pulled out, I mean, against a very weakened Quinn side, and you can tell they missed Smith, Don Brandt, March, and I think particularly Don Brandt. Um, you know, Bath were bo- boosted by Nathan Hughes, and Nathan Hughes was playing up against a teenager pretty much, or a young, very young Quinn's number eight who struggled. Um, and then, so Bath, Bath got a, a you know, fair play to them, they got a really good win. Um, Saracens lost away to Wasps, but only managed to get a bonus point. Leicester got thumped up at Sale, um, and it was a very odd good game because at half time it looked like Leicester were going to win very comfortably. Um, and fair play to Sale, second half they um, they kind of they, they came away. A lot of that seemed to me to be Sale just up their intensity, and Leicester again couldn't match it. Just the players they had on the pitch weren't able to cope with it. Um, they definitely missed Ford, um, and then it uh, felt like. Sorry, go on. It felt like they shot themselves in the foot. No, no, it's, it's, I was just going to say, it felt like Leicester shot themselves in the foot by taking Burns off because it was almost like they were trying to test, fly out, lose something when he went off as well. Mm, yeah, they definitely did. And there's a bit of doubt whether Burns was injured or not. I mean, I, I don't think he was. I think it was a tactical decision and it's just backfired, um, which um, is interesting. Uh, the other one, the other big result was London Irish beat Exeter. Uh, at home in front of a crowd of 11,500, which is, you know, some, there were some decent crowds this weekend. I mean, Newcastle, I think, would have probably had a bigger crowd than they did. They had 4,000 up there, but a rearranged times and stuff. I think that kind of put pay to some people um, uh, going along. Um, but, you know, I think overall, it was, it was a cracking weekend for Gloucester. We're, we're, we're now joint third, one point off second, with a game against Irish on Friday. Um you know, if we put in a performance like we did against Irish or Saracens, you know, I'm I, I, I know sorry against sorry against Newcastle or Saracens, I, I I'd fancy us to get a win there, and that puts us second. But we'll see. Um, being we're gonna, without being without Chris Harris is probably the biggest impact, I think. Yeah, yeah that's when that's going to be look across the squad. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting. One. I mean, Irish have lost Hassel Collins, but they haven't lost a huge amount else, have they? So that that's going to be uh, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, so I think a lot of it will come down to pack um, and making sure we just keep it tight um, and just play off the, play off the rolling wall, probably. I mean, that, yeah. I, I almost go back to basics on that one. Um, just going to move on to a couple of other uh, things uh, before we break for the, the second part of the pod. Um, the first one was Exeter. Exeter rebranded this week or announced their rebrand for the next season. Uh, Gone is the American uh, Native American uh, Indian um motifs insignias and all the rest of it and it's now the dubonai tribe um yeah famed <laughs> famed uh celtic Britonic tribe uh pre-roman apparently uh you know apparently the google searches for what the dubonai tribe were and where they lived went up something like five thousand fold in the space of a week which is not really surprising 
Um, thoughts, sort of in initial thoughts on it. I mean, you know, I think it's good that they moved away from the American, uh, American Indian, uh, Native American Indian motifs, etc. But your thoughts? I, I thought it was fine. <laughs> it got a lot of abuse on social media and stuff, but I think it, it, it looks all right. I think whenever a club rebrand these days and try and go for something a bit more modern, I mean, the we're, at Gloucester, we're always sort of against the sort of Americanization of stuff like that, aren't we? But with yeah. Exeter, they were already fully Americanized with all the Chiefs branding and everything. So they've just gone for a, a different take on what they already had. So yeah, it doesn't... I don't really care to be honest. No, I know. I think it's it's just it's it's um I did laugh though because some lad I think some lad in the in the crowd at Irish had already got one of the hats, which is a fair play. That's he's done well there to get a hat that quickly. Uh Russ, I think, any, I think the, the funniest bits are, are the social media reactions. Oh yeah. yes, some of the some of the some of the reactions, shall we say, by maybe the more conservative among the extra fans um in politics and in, in outlook might um it won't shock you that they weren't particularly pleased with the rebrand. Um, but um, yeah, shout well, anyway. Um, you, uh, one thing that is a benefit, hopefully, is that they'll get rid of that stupid bloody tomahawk chop. I, uh, I think that was the main thing for me. I think <laughs> I think what the thing is, it, it's not about whether it offends people like us, is it? No. Apparently, the Native American um, sort of representatives from America have been in dialogue with chiefs asking them to change it. If they're happy, Chiefs keep some connection. At least, you know, all joking about the tribe aside, they've clearly tried to find some connection to keep it. With a mo- the motif that was offensive is gone. I- I'm with Snowy. I'm not overly bothered. We've been through branded. They were never going to please everyone, were they? It's just no. quite funny to watch as an outsider and it not be about Gloucester and our bloody badge and be tedious in that regard. So, well, true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people forget that wasps rebranded in the summer and and all they did was they changed the wasps the other way around. Um, but there we go. Uh, anyway, the, um, the, the other thing we're going to move on to uh, just briefly um, is uh, something that I put on the Twitter account um, it was to do to, to do to the uh, Major League Rugby uh, is starting up next week, for the third season. There's a few other new teams coming into the league. Now, I, I, I'm prepared to be, this is just, I'm prepared for Snowy and everyone, to, and particularly Snowy. I don't know why, but I'm prepared for Snowy. So many go, sod this, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not joining in. But no, I mean, I've done my research. Oh, you've done your research. Excellent. Right. Well, so I, I think I've narrowed it down to three teams. So basically, there's, without going through all the teams, um, we, we've kind of had a, a few people put stuff in on Twitter and it is quite interesting. So we've had a few suggestions and they are relatively to, generally to do with Gloucester connections. The first one is the Dallas Jackals. I think the Dallas Jackals. Yeah, so the, the Dallas Jackals have the best badge of all of the uh, Major League Rugby teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, of course the Jackals have also got um, Trinder and Todd Gleave playing for them next season. Um, now, that might encourage you to, from a Gloucester point of view, it might discourage you, Russ. Uh, I mean, I love, I love trends. So that's that's a big draw. But the big but is I hate the Dallas Cowboys, the American football team. They're like one of my <laughs> least favourite teams in sport. I don't know why. I just have a real dislike of them. I think it's because my dad was a then- Redskins now Washington football team fans so they were kind of a rival so I've just never been able to square that circle so I don't know but then there's trends so there's a 
And my, my, my thought- thinking is is you've got to look at the kit, yeah, bad the badge, and yeah. where where if this ends up taking off, would we actually want to go? So, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> no, no I agree with kit's this okay. Is- this is where I agree with you here, Snow. I definitely agree that it's worth looking at the locations and where we might want to go on tour. Um, yeah, 100%. Now, you know, so the, 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 I'll quickly zip through the teams. You've got Austin Gilgronies. Oh, I mean, some of the names. Just oh. right. For a start, Austin Gilgronies. No. Just no. I mean, who That's wants the- to go to Wasp? Badge, badger shit. Badger shit. Dallas Jackals. The badge is good. Badge is um, good. You know, if you want to go Colour's on a... Good. Colours are good. If you want to go on a tour of um, of where JFK got shot, I mean, maybe. Um, Houston Sabercats. Worst, worst badge, and that is saying something because there are some shocking badges. But there are, yeah, you have to look up the, the Houston Sabercats. They look like someone chundered onto a piece of paper. <laughs> it's not good. Um, again, another awful name. LA Guiltinis. Yeah, but this this is actually brilliant, right? Okay. This, they, they, they stand out because there's some shocking team names and some shocking badges, but their badge is a cocktail. Yes, and, and Giltini is, is a cocktail yeah. that they've invented that hasn't been released yet. So the whole as, team as, is just named after an alcoholic drink. As, it's made a, up. as, as is a Gil <laughs> as is a Gilgroni, I like to point out. A Gilgroni is exactly the same. It's a cocktail that's been invented. It's not a real anyway. Um <laughs> we'll come back to the next one, but uh, which is New England Free Jacks. We'll come back to that one. Nola that's Gold. Expensive. Yeah, okay. Nola Gold, uh, which is uh, stands for New, New Orleans, Louisiana Gold. Um, who I have to be honest, as a, privately, I kind of like, I quite like the shirts are really cool. The badge is pretty non-offensive, bit nondescript, but it is. They normally do a really good Mardi Gras shirt. Um, you've got Old Glory DC, which is based in Washington. See, for me, they're a one. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what I, exactly what I was going to say. Just now. I get why they're called Old Glory, but you can't be a team founded in 2018 called old glory it just annoys me too much so <laughs> that, there yes, are out, i'm afraid um rugby atl oh and the scottish rfu has part ownership of them by the way apparently oh, well, well, so i'm not supporting any sweaty out. allegiant oh, team yeah 100 out rugby atlanta or rugby atl that's okay that's all right that's yeah, underplayed yeah, understated right. uh rugby new york i'll come back to them in a minute as well because that no. was quite funny no, no again i much, know too much like the mets yeah. Well, they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, me and Snowy being Mets fans, but yeah, I agree. Also, you know, it's difficult to support a New York team. Um, San Diego Legion. I don't know what the Legion's about. It's just you know, there we are. Um, Legion of SD. Yeah. Um, Seattle Seawolves. We've had. This a is the worst of the lot. Worst <laughs> of the lot. What? What the hell is it? What? The, what's a Seawolf? And why is it the exact same logo and everything as the Seattle Seahawks, just shaped yeah. into a? But even shark. the kit, even the kit colours are the same, aren't they? It's <laughs> kind of like it's it's like wow, we need to cash in here. What's like a seahawk? Um, yeah, well, let's just invent an animal again. Well, I think I think a, I think a seawolf is another word for a killer whale. Um, but I agree, we've had this is discussion that, is that before. Why they, is that why it's a shark? <laughs> I think it's supposed. To, I think it's supposed to be a killer whale. I think it's supposed to be a killer whale, but. Again, yeah. you know, I don't know. Um, it's also Seattle. And, you know, if I'm going to go anywhere in America, it's not going to be the rainiest place in America. Oh, yeah. But Seattle is a great place to visit because you only have to jump on the ferry and you're in Vancouver. <laughs> I don't think that really sells it, does it? Um, <laughs> the, the, and the final two, uh, again, we'll come back to the New England Free Jacks in a second, but 
Um, the Toronto uh, Arrows, which was a suggestion given to us, um, as because as, oh. apparently Toronto is awesome. I, I don't know. And then my favourite of all has got to be like just for the utterly pointless team name for where it is, Utah Warriors. Utah, not really known for its warrior-like um, tribe. Yeah, I don't of, know if the Mormons are really going to be into rugby either. Uh, no, <laughs> you know, have it, not. It, I don't know. Mormons and a rugby culture doesn't necessarily marry there. I, maybe I'm. Maybe we're. Maybe we're. Maybe we're underestimating the Mormons. Um, but the the one that got did get a lot of people send. We got sent in, which, and again, I'm conscious that um, the badge is dreadful. It, I mean, it really isn't very good. It's, it's a mess. It's the Free Jacks. Um, it's also a weird name. Uh, you know, the, so they're the negatives, definitely. The positives are that it's in Boston, which is a wonderful place. Um, and New England and Massachusetts is really, really lovely. Uh, um, also, I know I know a few of the Gloucester fans who are based in the US are big fans of the Free Jacks. Um, and then finally, there is actually a Gloucester player playing for them next season. So <laughs> they're, they're going to be very like Irish heavy, though, aren't they? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think the kit's good. The kit looks quite nice. It's a bit like I thought, I thought it looked like more like the Melbourne Rebels. Yeah, uh, what draws me to them is they came six last year and just missed out on the playoffs. So it's a bit of familiarity, <laughs> isn't it? There's, there's some comfort there. Um, you know, there, there's something about that that feels safe and familiar. So. Speaking of um, the Gloucester links, though, so go back to the Gialtinis, mm. the made-up cocktail, and they play in sky blue and pink. They're, this is my team, definitely, by the way, because they're hilarious. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. They, they, if a team they, suits anyone, that is you. It's definitely the Gialtinis. Yeah. I don't want to go to they LA, have, though. They have <laughs> Matt Gitto has come out of retirement to play fly half. Twice. He's Billy, come out of retirement Billy, twice. Yeah, and Billy Meeks is at centre. <laughs> it's Billy Meeks there now, is he? Okay, yeah. I, I've lost track of how many clubs he's had. Um uh, yeah, I, it, I have to be honest. Um, it's, it's it's been one of those. I, I don't think we've necessarily finalised this. I think it might end up being one of those things that, although Cherry Jam may uh, decide that we we're going to support uh, one of the teams, uh, I'm for, well. I'm very prepared that for the individual members of Cherry Jam to have their own team to support, which is absolutely I, I quite fine. Like, yeah. I'm going to champion the saber catch just because. Just having a quick look, A is such a batshit stupid team that I quite like it. But apparently, and and all right, they're in Houston, Texas, and I, you know, not exactly a great place to go, Texas, is it? But they were born from a founding amateur club, and they actually play in a stadium that was built for rugby. So you know, the that's, Gloucester and me kind of likes that. That's fair. Plus, enough. I don't yeah. have. I don't really have a clue looking at their current squad. I don't recognise any of the players. So no. they'll probably be really shit. So therefore, given my choice of football teams, this is probably the team for me. So That's fair enough. So are we assuming that Snowy is going for the Giltinis because it very much matches his persona? Uh, Russ is going for the Sabercats because Russ enjoys sadomasochism. Um, and uh, <laughs> and apparently so he's already got the logo up. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So Snowy's gone Giltinis. Uh, Russ is going Sabercats for some. I, I, even even with him explaining it, the logic doesn't really make sense. But I'm going to let him have I, it. It's fine. It, no, it's fine. You can, can have him. You can. You have him. No, no. I just want to add. This sums up the teams as well. The ambitions. I'm just looking on Wikipedia. 
Mm. the stadiums most of them average about five thousand. there's a couple that push 10 so the yeah. dallas jackals are a bit ambitious their stadium holds forty-eight thousand. <laughs> the la guiltinis are playing at the memorial coliseum which holds that... seventy-seven and a half thousand people i was gonna say that <laughs> is um, it's six hundred dollars for a season ticket as well yeah so they have like it's like well let's just what we need to do is build a fan base no fuck that we're going for the biggest you know it's going to be like when not London Irish used to play at the Majeski amplified by about ten isn't it or I, you know I, I think I think that might yeah even even the fields of Athen Rye would struggle to get around the whole uh, the whole of the Giltini Stadium I mean that is amazing like that, yeah, is, that, amazing. that, that is you it's all over the eighty four Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it going to host the 2028 uh, Olympics? Isn't the Colosseum? Is that not the same? I think they're going to redo the Colosseum. I mean, it Coliseum. used to host. Yeah, it used to be home to the Raiders. Oh, dear you know, God. It's, there's right. going to be yeah. something very different in what. And what I love is look, look at the logo for the LA Guiltinis and compare them to the history of the Raiders. You could not make two very different cultural teams. They've actually yeah. changed that logo now. That that was last season's logo That's, already. I'm not surprised. Yeah, this season's, season's, yeah. they're, they're one season in and they've changed the logo. It's now. Yeah, this, it had too much text. It's now just the it's cocktail just bottle. it's just a cocktail. Yeah, it's gone very it's gone very uh, very modern. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm I, you crack on. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to uh, say that for for the sake of the fact that Jack Reeves has been signed um, on loan by the Free Jacks, he they will be our adopted official Cherry Jam club. Um, well, but, so so basically, the club that you pick are yeah. I was about to say yeah. Ed, Ed shouldn't they be voted in somehow? Well, no, I I, I well no, because we're all going to say we say we want to pick bloody different teams, so that's not going to work, is it? So um, I I think if we given we, your given your history for how you pick sporting teams, Ed. Yeah. Because I know your I know your NFL team who are yes. at the moment the worst, second team. second worst, not the worst. You know your history of. Picking how you pick Southampton. I'm not sure I want to trust the podcast pick of a team to you. Well, I think I think it's fair that we pick the team that the Gloucester player is actually playing for. I think that's there isn't a Gloucester player playing for them. Jack but, Reeves. Yeah, he used to be a Gloucester player. So did no, Billy he's Meeks. on loan. He's on no, loan. Jack, he's on loan. He's, he's, he's still he's, a tenuous still, link. It's, they're I all mean, going to be tenuous links, to be fair, though, Russ. Um, and, but no, I think I'm going right, to put I vote, say I it's, vote that we vote this in. So we all put yeah, four I vote, all I vote that we vote this and, in. And even if we spin, we put it on an internet roulette thing and spin it, and then that's our team. Well, I'll be honest. The, the, the internet, the internet's already the team on. Well, the internet's already spoken. There were at least five people who said the Free Jacks. There was two people who said the Dallas Jackals. One said Toronto. I think might have been one person said Old Glory. Um, there were no votes. There were no votes for the Guiltinis. Um, Ed runs the, the podcast Twitter, by the way. Just so. yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I fancy that. Mm. I mean, there is so, also potential merch as well. Can I, can I make a point here? We, there oh, is potentially we might get some me. merch. Yeah, who's oh who who's going to see this merch? I wonder. No, uh, we've been told. We've I've been told that, that there might be some merch coming our way. Should we? You know, we can we can uh, we can get that. So we just need some. I just need some shirt sizes. Um, and then we might get some merch. Not the official. So, kit, ba- so basically, we are now whoring ourselves out to which team we support. Okay. Boston is a cheaper flight, I suppose. 
it, but the weather's it's a also flight. shit all year well, round. The, no, it's not. I went, I went, I went to Boston in the summer. It was gorgeous. It was twenty-eight lucky. degrees. Beautiful. All the history. See, one bit of America that actually has a history. Um, you know, it's 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 lovely. Anyway, we'll come back to this, no doubt, because I don't. Think I like that this is the most controversial bit of this pod. I think it's probably the most controversial bit of the pod ever. I don't even think we've ever we've never had an argument about anything. Like I, mean, this I, I mean, yeah, I I I just don't like. Let's not go by a popular vote because that's not gone well for this country in general. I can't see it going any better for this podcast. No, and also Jim, also Jim, (laughs) also Jim and Lawrence aren't here. So I mean, I I imagine of all the people who give care, Lawrence is probably the least. But I imagine Mm. Jim will have some strong opinions on this. Jim, Jim, Jim is well on board. Uh, We just need to know what he wants to vote for. So we'll come back to him later. Right, we're gonna. Pause. We're going to go in and out, and we're going to do one final thing, which is just to talk about another nice issue that will definitely not cause any problems: uh, social media, rugby, and oh, um, Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> and making sure people just you know pause, shall we say, before they before they say anything. Right. See you in a bit. Right, we're back, uh, and the, the debate has continued. Uh, we still haven't finalised it. Um, uh, it. It might run all season, um, but we'll 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 come back to uh, we'll come back and talk about our American friends. I'm sure throughout the rest of this season. Um, the the final bit of the pod is only going to be a short little bit, um, and it's just about uh, an incident or an issue that happened over social media on, uh, across rugby last week, and I, I just want to touch on it just because it was an interesting delve into how amateur um, rugby can be or can appear to be um, in terms of social media particularly. So I'm sure many of you who listen to the podcast probably will have seen this. There was a post on Twitter um, from an individual based in Wales about his son being uh, given a bit of abuse about his his size and apparent weight, etc., um, and what was lovely was how quickly that um, all of rugby, and when I say all of rugby, we're talking about players, clubs, federations, the Lions, the Barbars, you know, the All Blacks, the French rugby team, everyone. You had Sia Khaleesi doing a video, all being very, very supportive and telling this young lad that, um, you know, rugby is for everyone. It doesn't matter what your shape or size or gender um, your sexuality, whatever, you know, rugby is for everyone. And I think that's a message that definitely needs to be echoed. And, and, and it was important that that message was, was relayed by so many important people. However, um, I think if people had spent literally 20 seconds, 30 seconds, checking the Twitter profile of the person who originally posted this, um, they may not have been so quick to jump on um, the, gen- the just general bandwagon and it just it kind of reiterates the thing about rugby and it, and it isn't just rugby but you know you see it with other sports but it did it did strike me that it was something that happens quite a lot with rugby and I'll come to you guys here and it's this idea that rugby is the bestest sport in the world trademark and that we have to kind of the rugby value side of things can sometimes seem to trump actually just pausing taking your time, checking something, if it's genuinely true or if it's a genuine thing and, and then uh, rather than just rushing and to get on 
the the bestest sport in the world bandwagon. Snowy, I'll let you start. Um, yeah, so, so I think the point was valid in the first place, right? And yeah, the the, the little overweight kid hadn't done nothing wrong. So no. <laughs> regardless of the fact that his, his dad might turn out to be a bit of a scumbag and he was the one who posted it originally, I, you disconnect those two things, right? At the end of the day, there was a message put on Twitter and the, the picture of the kid and all of the responses were very genuine. And mm. I think that does paint rugby in a good light. Did it? Spy, did it grow massively bigger than it should have done? Everyone saw an opportunity for a bit of self marketing, probably. Yeah, welcome, that's... To, welcome to 2022. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I again, like, I don't go on Twitter because it of all the social medias, it's the worst. Um, for that sort of thing, mm. <laughs> um, people just jumping on other people's opinions, cancel culture, um, all of that sort of stuff. So I, I tend to avoid Twitter, but um, and again, a bit like, um, the extra badge i don't really care um, <laughs> that's fine so that's, I, i'm definitely i'm definitely dragging an opinion out but um yeah that's it just on, on that point about i i i think I, I you know i wanted to reiterate that at the beginning that this kid hasn't done anything wrong um it, it's just a shame that actually if you you know it didn't take a lot of detective work i mean it literally was 25 30 seconds of somebody's time um who just and maybe that's a, that's another element of, of social media that people are trying to look for the worst in these things. Um, and I don't want to be cynical. And Russ, you were really kind of, I think you were quite annoyed by this generally. And the fact that, you know, it was, it was quite a nice story. Um, I generally. Think, yeah. I'm just trying to articulate this because I don't want to make it bigger than it is. Um, I've had issues with social media with other stories about other parts of my life. Um mm. Just a real quick segue, um, for people who don't know, me and my wife went through some infertility stuff. Uh, my wife had a pile-on on her that ended up in the local paper because she just made a comment that she didn't like a, an advert about something, and it, it just escalated. So I'm cynical about stuff like this anyway. Conversely, I try and use social media to, to help with my fundraising and some charity stuff I do for a charity in Gloucester. So I, I don't know, my cynicism could be overweighed by optimism. I'm, I'm quite a cynical optimist, I guess. And I want to see the good in stories. So it just, it's just depressing at the moment. I think people are desperate for good news. So I think some people jumped on that story and didn't engage their brains because they really wanted there to be a good story. And it's just sad that it gets over, trampled on. Because like Snowy said, that, that lad is an innocent victim in all of this. Whatever mm. happens, you know. At best, his dad's exploiting his kid to get some, some attention. And then it's also sad just to see people pile on and and detract from what the original story was. So I think we, we mustn't lose sight of that original good. And I think the other point is, like you said, Ed, is the rugby values thing can be quite tiresome because every sport has some really good stories. And the pandemic brought that out. You know, we lots of foot, I find it really hard that you get an element that sneer at football because there's lots of bad in football and there's lots of bad in rugby, but football did a lot of good during lockdown and it means a lot to a lot of people, you know, whatever sport, whatever tribe you want to belong to, you want to think that's best because that's part of your sense of belonging, isn't it? But it was like we said, like seeing people like Nigel Owens, who's a, seems a very genuine guy, be yep. one of the first to come out before it even took off to see these people who, 
he, he doesn't owe anyone anything. And he was one of the first to speak up and say, I, I'll ref a game for you. It, it, it was nice to see that genuine thing. It's just then, yeah. like Snowy said, when social media becomes artificial and people are like, well, we better do this to look good. And like you said, Ed, it's just then surprising. As someone who works in tech, that no one thought we better do some background checks before we let this go. That's, that's big, what really. I found amazing. Was, and I think it's important to separate, personally, it's important to separate just a couple of things. One, which was that I think some of the very early responses to it, and I'll count um, Nigel Owens, I think Nick Mullins was another one. Um, there's a couple Brian of Moore, others. Brian Moore. There's a, a couple of others who, you know, don't get me wrong. I think they they saw other people doing it, but we're making kind of genuine look. You know, some people were just saying, "Look, just you stick with it. You'll be fine." You know, rugby's a brilliant sport. You know, crack on. And then obviously Nigel Owens offering to referee. He's it was a Welsh club. Um, Nigel Owens is obviously based in Wales, so that made sense. I think where I found it really kind of weird, and it did get weird. And, and Snowy's point about the the welcome to twenty the social media in twenty twenty two was that it was when rugby federations were jumping on going like, you know, the French and the All Blacks and the Australians and and the Lions and the Bar Bars. I'm like, yeah, you don't need to do this, boys. There's no, you know, you, if you yeah. don't, by not commenting, no one's going to think any worse of you. But by commenting, it just looks a bit weird. And, and it, that's what I kind of, I found a bit odd. And then, of course, yeah, as you said, it amazes me that no, it, no one, with any within the media teams of any of these organizations thought I'll just check <laughs> like, you know, just a, a cursory it's glance stuff. of what, what his previous Twitter stuff was like. And, you know, if it had been the odd comment and don't get me wrong, we, you know, no one is, is whiter than white. No one is, is purer than pure with this. We've all made comments that if you look back on our social media stuff that we probably all cringe at, but this is a little bit different. This is really quite, you know, this is this isn't just the, a slightly off comment, slightly in politically incorrect comment that if you look back ten years ago, fifteen years ago, you probably wouldn't be able to make now. This is fairly horrible. It was horrible then. You wouldn't get away oh, with they're it. They're abhorrent, aren't they? You, what yeah. you've seen, what the ones that I've seen are just there's there's no place for that ever at no. all. Like you said, and I think that, that's, that's an important point. point. There's a distinction between saying things that were social norms at the time that you now learn and evolve, and they're like, yeah, I can't say that, and I regret saying it to that. And I think the worst thing, I think it's just a sad story, really, isn't it? All around whatever mm. your thoughts on social media is probably. Going to put people off, you know. It just makes us all a bit more weary and cynical. I think, and, and I think that's another thing that that will be sad in that if something, you know, if something genuine does happen and the kid is bullied or a kid is 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 um, is found that he doesn't want to play rugby because of something to do with his appearance or um, his sexuality or his or whatever, you know, it's important to say that that shouldn't. What this has happened around this shouldn't detract from that. You know, that the, any child. They want to play rugby. Should be able to play rugby. I mean, you know, we. Well, I kind of made the point on Twitter about it, it, it. Even if you're not very good at rugby, by all means, you know, take all of us as an example. If you're not very good at rugby, you should still be allowed to play rugby. Um, there we go. Um, right. One final thing before we finish this evening. Just a quick update on the England squad and some good news potentially for Mark Atkinson. Uh, so Joe, Joe Marchant, unfortunately for him, has tested positive for COVID and will be unavailable from the start the start of the week. So there's a possible that he's now going to be a fairly big doubt for the Scotland game, which does mean that England, you look at the centres we've got available, that probably suggests that we're going to, I think Mark Atkinson's a fairly decent shout. A slot alongside probably Henry Slade 
um, in the game in the in the centres against Scotland. Uh, Louis Liner and Adam Radwan have also been called into the squad, um, which seems fair. I mean, you know, Radwan scored a good try against Gloucester. I think he was in the squad in the, in the autumn. Um, his form was dipped, but it was good to see him, you know, despite it was a good, it was a good try against Gloucester. And then obviously Louis Line has been pretty consistent since probably this time last year. So I think it's a fair call up for him. Any thoughts on those guys? Um, no, I think they're both like you've summed that up quite well. For me, I, I think even more marching, I would have liked to have seen Atkinson play just because I think he'd be a good person to have outside Smith. Mm-hmm. Um because he's he's a creative sort, is someone else he can shovel the ball onto. He's also big and you know he'll carry the ball up if they're in trouble. You know, I, I really hope he gets a chance to to prove himself um, in that kind of test environment at a step up from where he played before. Mm. Um, we're certainly light on options there at the moment, aren't we? So yeah, yeah, exactly. Snowy, your thoughts. Yeah, I think all reasonable call-ups. I think um, England, a bit like Gloucester at the minute, they've, they've, there's quite a lot of strength in depth around the squad now. There's quite a few players that are on the fringes that can definitely do a good job. I think now he's got to settle down with a team um, mm. that's quite consistent and probably the centres is the bit that's really still up in the air. So I'd love to see Atkinson given a go. Um he was too late with Smith, wasn't he? Really, and that's the trouble. Is he's now got a, he's now got to work out what that squad looks like to get not just get the best out of Marcus Smith, but what's a good balance with Marcus Smith to play yeah. to play in different ways. So, I hope he does experiment a bit more. I hope Atkinson does the job. Um, I, I certainly don't think Manu Tuolangi is the the World Cup option. So when he comes yeah. back, um, I'd like to think that they've already found an alternative. It's not just a stopgap until Tuolangi yeah. comes back in, because that doesn't yeah. work for me. Um, but it'll be no, an interesting explanation for sure. Did you, uh, well, I, one yeah, thing... I think that's the problem. Oh. Sorry, Ed. As I said, I think the problem, I agree with Snow. I think Marcus Smith has been blooded too late. I also think Don Brandt and Simmons have been, and it was a good point on BT I was listening to, is what Delalia was saying. They're all, most of them should be about 10, 15 caps over along in their development. And that's why we're under the radar a bit compared to the France who took the decision, like anyone over 30, you're done. Um, and Ireland, you know, and that's why we're a bit under the radar. And it does worry me how, how cooked we'll be before the World Cup. And, mm. you know, we need to experiment, but it feels a bit late to be experimenting when we're, what, 18 months out from from World Cup? This be the time we're sort of establishing our side, and there's still a lot of unknowns for, for me and that team. So mm. I think it's, it's going to be an interesting Six Nations. It will be. And, and you said, I think you're quite right, you said the other week about how exciting the Six Nations is, just because I think other than probably France, which is slightly more settled, all the other sides are still experimenting. And I think probably the only benefit, the only positive from English, if you're looking from an English point of view here, is that I don't feel the Australians or the Kiwis or the South Africans are particularly settled themselves. I think the South Africans have got that bit where they're they're now hitting that problem where they're going to have a lot of players who are just slightly older than they probably should be. And then that position where do they bring players in now or do they just go, right, we're going to give you one more World Cup. And I think probably South Africa are going to go down the latter route. They'll just give them another World Cup. I don't think New Zealand have got a settled side, but New Zealand got so many amazing players. It doesn't make a difference. You can bring in, you probably, you know, you can get to semi-finals pretty easily with a fairly average New Zealand side these days. Um, what is going to be interesting, I think, particularly if Atkinson does play, is what the sort of the 
the how Atkinson and Harris read each other because obviously they play with each other every week. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see, particularly Harris, who's obviously a far more defensive centre than an attacking centre, whereas Atkinson is the, is, is the opposite, I suppose. Um, so that'll be an interesting uh, dynamic if it happens. I hope it does. From a Gloucester point of view, it's great to see these players playing against each other at the top level. Um, I think that's about it. I don't think there's anything else we've done. We, we've managed to cover quite a lot, despite it being quite a short pod. Um, one thing I would say is um, the, 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 the debate about the American uh, club will continue. Uh, I'd like to point out for those who are listening, Snowy has, bless him, has put up a Giltini's um, fan page thing up behind him. I think he's also found out there's a, there is a podcast, isn't it? What was the podcast called? Uh, Top Shelf. Right. The podcast. Yeah. And also, yeah, links to both cocktails and the Sandra Rugby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I doubt that. I doubt they're getting a huge audience. Um, you know, just double hours. Yeah. Well, but let's, <laughs> let's be honest. I mean, it's, it's LA for Christ's sake. It's the biggest, it's like the, the second biggest metropolitan area in America. I'm not surprised if they get like a couple of thousand. But there we go. Um, you know. Anyway. Uh, right. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate your time again. We will speak after the Irish game uh, next week, and um, fingers crossed, Gloucester will be in second place by then. Cheers, boys. Cheers.